here is where we see him. Here is where we get to know him. Here is where we exercise faith. promises are yes and amen, then let's lift up holy hands and let's express our adoration and honor and praise. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be magnified. He longs to hear our voices. He longs for us to lift up holy hands and to magnify, to glorify, to honor, to praise, and to give him the thanksgiving. For you see, he's the only, <laughs> you only one that is worthy, the only one, our Lord Jesus Christ, that is worthy. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Come on, saints. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Let's embrace him. Let's embrace his presence. Let's express our love and our adoration to the one true and living God. Glory and honor and praise unto you. So we lift up our voices in a language that is a heavenly language that only you can give the believer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this place. <laughs> we just wrap our arms around you <laughs> and say that we love you. We love you with all of our being, with all of our spirit, with all of our soul, with our physical being as much as we humanly know how. So that's why we lift our voice. That's why we lift up our hands. That's why we magnify, glorify, and praise you. So, Father, we've gathered here in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've gathered here to worship you, to receive the anointed word, to know that your power is present within and upon us. And so now we ask that you unveil, unfold and reveal the holy written word into the heart of each and every believer that is present. And we will be careful always to give you the praise, all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And all of the saints assembled said amen and amen and amen. Would you turn to two or three that are gathered right around you, greet them with a good, warm, hearty Grace Christian Center welcome. Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God is so good, so good, so good, so good. His mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Amen. I trust that you're excited to be here. 
I trust that you would rather be here than be anywhere. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Philip and I and the pastoral staff, we greet you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We welcome you to Grace Christian Center. Amen. Amen. The Miracle Church. And guess what? Today is Miracle and Healing Service. Amen. Amen. So, we're honored that you chose to worship with us. We want you to know that each and every one of you are valuable and precious to God, but you're also valuable and precious to us. Amen. What an honor. <laughs> what an honor and a privilege to be able to call you our spiritual children. Amen. Amen. So, um, we've spent preparation time. We've spent time in prayer. And so um, we want to open with these comments that today we're going to minister on three R's. The reason that we will minister on three R's is because we want you to be built up, edified, we want you to be encouraged to rise up to take your rightful place in the body of Christ. That's our purpose. That's our mission. That's our goal. Guess what? That's the Father God's goal. Amen. That we be built up, edified, and encouraged each and every day, but should be especially when we come to church. Can I receive an amen? Amen. So the three R's that we're going to minister on are redemption, reconciliation, and righteousness. So we've simply titled the message today, Redemption Reconciled Us to Righteousness. Redemption is simply Christ's shed blood. Redemption is Christ's shed blood, which reconciled us or brought us back into union with God, which in turn then is righteousness or simply right standing with God. Amen. Our scripture reading, we will read from Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. As students of the word of God, you know that this is the apostle Paul. And guess what? He is writing unto us the Gentiles, and it's in reference to redemption. I'm going to just emphasize the first phase, first few words of Galatians 3.13. Christ hath redeemed us. Christ hath redeemed us. Notice the tense is past tense. It's already been accomplished. So what did he redeem us from? Spiritual death. He redeemed us from sickness and disease. He redeemed us from poverty. So today, our comments are going to be along the lines of healing for the physical body because God in his awesome plan for humanity in redemption, that's exactly what he's provided for us. Amen. We don't realize how much we hear that opposes God's plan for humanity, 
how much he loves us, the awesome plan of redemption that Jesus was willing to fulfill that will, plan, and purpose of the Father. He did come. He was crucified. He did die. He, did, he was buried. But he's not still in a grave. And so this is the only true and living God that truly provided all of the benefits that belong to you and I in the body of Christ. So whatever we've been taught before, I'm talking about me as well. I wasn't taught the truths, even though my family, my father stood in the pulpit every Sunday, every single Sunday. We were not taught what you and I and the truth that has been brought unto us, how thankful we should be. How thankful, church, that we should be, that we've been privileged to hear the full truth. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth. And when you know that truth, what happens? It sets us free. So you see, I'm free from sickness and disease. I'm free from spiritual death. I'm free from poverty. I'm free from discomfort and pain. We are supposed to live free, free from all the effects of the curse. Amen. So I want for just a second here, not a second, it'll be longer than a second. You, you know that I like to build from a foundation. Remember, my father was a builder. My heavenly father's a builder. The Lord Jesus Christ is a builder. And then my natural father was a builder as well. So I've been around construction all my life. And I learned long ago, if you don't have the right foundation, won't stand. It won't hold. You can take any facility and build it upon the right foundation. Now I'll take you to Czech Republic, Prague, and I can show you what buildings can withstand if they're built right. Amen? So we want our spiritual foundation. The, the example, the analogy there is we want our spiritual foundation to be built right. So I want to, I don't know if you do this, but I do this. I say, well, what is redemption? So I'm going to give you the definition of redemption. The act of buying something back. Redemption is simply buying something back. Or paying a price to return something that was our possession or your possession. So redemption is the act of buying something back. Don't shout because I know you'll want to. Christ's blood paid the price to bring us back into the right standing with him. Redemption is also freeing someone from chains or prison or slavery. That's why I said, I'm free. I'm free from the effects of what happened in the garden. So we can say we've been ransomed and freed from the bondage of the enemy. Now, there's something else that I do. Um, <laughs> whether sometimes, most of the time, I try to do this 
in, in the light of looking at something that I'm blessed with, okay? And, of course, we know the storms of life come to each and every one of us, and it's what we know within here, amen, as to how the effects of that storm will have within our life. The sun always shines after a storm. So, if you're here today and you have been challenged with a condition in your physical body, I want you to do this and just take a deep breath and just for a moment think, how did I get here? How did this discomfort attach to my body? How did this pain, how did this report from the medical profession wasn't there yesterday, maybe wasn't there a month ago, maybe wasn't there a year ago, maybe wasn't there five years ago. But today, you find yourself with thoughts coming against your mind and discomfort in your body and a mountain of medical bills. So I know, I know how we got here or one got here. What I want to do is I'm going to take you backwards, 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 backwards until the beginning of time. And I'm going to show you in a very simple way why you don't have to leave today with discomfort or any pain or sickness in your physical body. Amen. So to go back to how this all, why, why is redemption needed? Redemption was needed, is needed for humanity. And it started in Genesis chapter 1, the need for redemption. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read verses 27 and 28. These two verses would answer so many questions for those that do not have the truth of God's plan for man. So verse 27, God created man in his own image. Let that be seared in your heart. God created us in his image. In his image. You want to know what God looks like? You kind of have an idea. He created us in his image. When God created male and female, he created them in his image. And then verse 28 says, God blessed them. God blessed them. Blessings come from God. If it's opposite, if it's something that you don't want to be blessed with, not from God. Because blessings come from God. So how, if God in the beginning blessed, why would anyone have the thought that God put sickness or disease on his children? Doesn't make sense, does it? So the word tells the story 
That's all I'm going to do today. I'm going to tell you God's story. God blessed you. God intends for you to be blessed in this life. God blessed them, and here's what he said. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. I could take that one, two words right there, be fruitful, and I could still be standing here teaching tomorrow night, and the next night, and the next night, and the next night. I'm restraining myself. I'm controlling myself. I'm staying right here with what we've worked so hard on for this morning, okay? He said, be fruitful and multiply. Get that. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion. Say dominion. dominion. Have dominion upon the earth. So we can say this in this manner. God created man in his image, and he gave man dominion over all of the earth. If this be true, then whatever is floating in the air, we have dominion over it. Amen. He said, have dominion over all of the earth. This is good news to me. Amen. So what is dominion defined? Supreme authority or power of controlling. Isn't that awesome? That when God made us, and then he turned around and gave dominion to humanity. The dominion that we're to exercise is we're in control. Have you ever heard, well, God's in control? I'm telling you, I go to Christian meetings where everyone there is for the sole purpose of hearing Christian biblical truths, and you'll hear from the pulpit, God has everything in control. I wished I had a buzzer, and I would hit it. God gave the control to humanity. Say that. God gave the control to humanity. I am to control my life. So let me help you out. I have no control over your life unless you invite me in your life to encourage, to edify, to build you up, to cause you to rise up and understand the truth of the Word of God and that you do have the dominion to have control in your environment. Amen? So... Continuing in Genesis, now we're going to chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Again, this is in reference to redemption. The Lord God commanded the man saying, now here comes the instructions. God created man, male and female in his image. Then he gave him dominion, but with that came instructions. Just a little, one little instruction. Of every tree of the garden... Thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, do you know I could preach on this? Do you know I could preach on healthy eating? 
Did you know healthy eating produces healthy results? Well, did you hear how many yeses there were? I heard maybe two or three. I heard, I heard a wonderful anointed prophet say many, many times, sickness and disease is a byproduct many, many times of people's emotional ills and diet. But see, we don't want, we want to eat what we want to. We want to fret. We want to worry. We want to be anxious. And then, okay, God, I receive the healing power. No, sometimes if we run off the road, we need to get back up on the road. Amen. So he said, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, Adam and Eve are an example, and this is where humanity sometimes, we think just like Adam and Eve did. Well, look how, I mean, Adam and Eve, they partook of what they were told not to, and look how many more years they lived physically. So we really, we really truly people are programmed to think that just a little bit won't hurt. We, we'll get, we can get by with just a little bit. I realize I'm not getting a lot of amens, but let's give that some thought, okay? So Adam had access to everything in the garden with one condition, not to partake of the tree of good and evil. And what was the disability, I mean, what was the disobedience brought what? The disobedience would bring death if he, they partook of the tree, and which we know that he did. So now let's move to Genesis chapter 3, verses 1, 4, and 6. Again, this is in reference to redemption. The serpent was subtle. He, the serpent, said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. What's he doing? He's wanting her to, he, want, he wants her to doubt what she heard. He wants her to doubt the instructions. Amen. He said, the serpent, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The serpent said to her, you surely shall not die. You shall not die. But when the woman saw, circle saw, and make sure that your eye gate is always looking at what God would want you to be looking at. She saw that it was good for food. She saw that it was pleasant to the eyes. She saw that it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit. She did eat. And she gave to her husband to eat as well. So here's what Satan did. Same thing he does today. He's no different, brothers and sisters. He's no different, children. He's no different today than he was then. He came to cause Eve to bring the intent to doubt, to steal her of her dominion. He approached Eve 
with the intent to deceive in order to steal the dominion. Church, that's the same way he comes today. He comes to, with the intent to deceive you, and what he wants to do is talk you out and convince you that you do not have dominion. John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal. Notice the first thing he comes after. He's coming to steal your dominion. To kill and to destroy. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, I want to ask you a question. Did the serpent take their dominion? No, he didn't. They gave him their dominion. Don't give your dominion away. Don't give your dominion away. Know your rights. Know your benefits. Know your privileges from the Word of God and rise up and stand tall face to face with Him, toe to toe, and de be determined that you already have the victory over every situation, circumstance, or storm that may come into your life. Amen. Well, we know what happened. Adam and Eve died spiritually immediately, and they were alienated from God. They were now, because of that one act of disobedience, don't miss my words here, because of that act of disobedience, it opened the door wide for sickness and disease. You see, Adam and Eve were never supposed to die. They were never supposed to be physically sick, or have disease, or discomfort, or pain. What is the subject matter? Why is redemption needed? Because the first Adam gave our dominion and our benefits and our right standing with the Father God away. But the good news is, God was smarter than him. <laughs> Absolutely, totally smarter than uh, the enemy. So now we're going to jump over to Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. We're just making a few comments on why redemption's needed. The reason redemption's needed is because of that one act that we read right there in Genesis. So here is the one that I would like to shout about. It says, For all have sinned, church, that includes everybody here. All have sinned. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Gentiles. That's this group. That's us. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But here's the good news in verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace. His grace meaning God's grace. God's grace is unmerited favor. We didn't have to do a thing to earn it. Not one thing. That's how much he loves you and I. His mercy, his grace is new every single day. It's more than enough. It's abundance. Hello? <laughs> unmerited 
favor. With, and I say it this way. You know why this church is named Grace? God's unmerited love and favor. It's also the operational power of the Spirit of God at work. Every time we say grace, when you invite one to come to Grace Christian Center, in essence, what you're saying, you're saying, come to where there's an abundance of mercy. Come to where there's an abundance of grace. Come to where there is an abundance of the operational power of the Spirit of God at work. The power of God is in this place. He's within us. He's upon us. Amen. So verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through, here's shouting, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The redemption is in Christ Jesus. That's why he's called our Redeemer. He's our Redeemer. He was our Redeemer yesterday. He's our Redeemer today. He'll be our Redeemer tomorrow. Adam's sin brought Every person then was born in spiritual death. Every person born. Think about, well, now the children, until the scripture teaches us that the grace period of children until they become the age of accountability. So the need here is that God had a plan to free man from Satan's dimension. Had a plan. Still has the plan. So now there was the need for redemption because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And that brought spiritual death. And it brought sickness and disease. But we're not going to stay there. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb, and we're not going to hang out back there when there was no hope because God gave us the hope. So here's God's plan of redemption. We find it in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He said, For God hath made Jesus to be sin for us. Jesus knew no sin. The reason that Jesus had to be born of a virgin is because that sin was in that bloodline from Adam and he could not be born in that bloodline. Are you following me? Therefore, the need for the virgin birth. Amen? Jesus knew no sin, so God made Jesus to be sin. Who knew no sin? Think about that love. Just for a second. Think about, do you know anyone that would give their life for you? Think about that. But Jesus loves us that much that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, I love it when I have Bible study time with our grandchildren when I'm with the boys. And one of them asked a lot of questions. And I think we know which one that is. But that's okay. So, but the other one will kind of stop me and he will say that we might be. Well, Gigi, that means that some may not be. Right, son? 
because some may not accept God's plan. It's available, but they might not do it. So God's plan was to send Jesus to earth as a man. Did he? Did you see him? Well, how do you know he did? How do you know he did? There's a right answer. By faith. You're taking faith. You're believing in this. Come on, y'all. Not a one of us have physically seen God or Jesus. But here is where, might help if I turn it up. Here is where we see him. Here is where we get to know him. Here is where we exercise faith. Remember, we say it here. The purpose. I wonder if I ask anyone in here if you could tell me this. What is the, don't say it, what is the purpose of this Bible? I'll tell you, I'm glad you asked me. The purpose of this Bible is it's God's plan for humanity. It's a roadmap for our life. It is to form and establish beliefs. It's to be truth that is imparted. It's the bread of life. The bread of life. And once we embrace this bread of life, those beliefs that are formed and established should govern. What's govern? Control. It should control. Those beliefs should control what we think, what we say, and what we do. We have the written word, the logos. The rhema word is what comes forth from the revelation of this word as we put it in our heart. And then when the circumstances of life or storms of life come. So I was having a conversation this week. I love the way the Holy Spirit talks to me. So I could sense that an opportunity to be concerned. And the Holy Spirit simply said, who are you doing this for? Who are you building it for? Is it for you? I said, no, sir. Then if it's to glorify me, don't take the concern on. I said, I just love you so much. Well, isn't that comforting? I mean, he didn't come. He didn't come and smack me. He didn't come and reprimand me in any manner whatsoever. He came with encouragement. That's what this pastoral staff is about. To build you up. To encourage you. To edify you. To cause you to rise up. I don't care where you are when you come in here. I don't, and when I say I don't care, it, it doesn't matter what circumstances that life has presented to you. Just know there's a way out. And the way out is the way up. To get out, you got to go up. To get out, you got to go up. Amen. You can't, you can't leave this earth and not go up. I hope you're not. But the point is, we have faith in this. We've not ever seen him, not a one of us. And we have no concern about death whatsoever. 
It's just a doorway into a place. Woo! Woo! <laughs> it's a door. Those that have been there and that have come back, they don't want to come back. And some don't, but some have come back. And they've given us a glimpse of what's over on the other side. But he's not ready for us to go yet. There's something he wants us to do here. He wants us to build others up. Once you get built up, once you get edified, once you get encouraged, then he wants you to take that same message of truth and build someone else up, edify someone else, encourage someone else to rise up and take their rightful place in the body of Christ. Amen? So in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, what we have, thank you, son. You're quick. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, the apostle Paul writing to us said, again, for God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So God's plan was to send Jesus to the earth, and he came. Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born into the earth through a virgin. He was not born into spiritual death. Thank God. He was born spiritually alive. And in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, the price was paid full and the penalty was paid complete with nothing else. There's nothing else for Jesus to do. Do you hear me, church? It's all accomplished. <laughs> it would kind of be like, you know, I love sports, um, but I've kind of gotten away from, from sports. Uh, used to play golf almost every day. 18, almost 19 years ago, I put my golf clubs in the attic, and they've been there ever since. And every time I look out and see somebody teeing up, I'm thinking, just turn away. You don't have time. You only have 24-7. So we all have to decide what we want to do with our time. So um, in life, we all have the same amount of time. What are we going to do with it? I'm going to let you think about your life for a minute. What am I doing with my life? Is my life making a difference in the earth? Is my life glorifying God? You know why God doesn't want sickness, disease, or pain in our bodies? It does not glorify him. That right there, it glorifies the devil. Satan is the author of sickness and disease. Amen? So in Romans 5, 17, this is the passage I hadn't gotten to it yet. It says, for if by one man's offense... Adam, death reigned by one. One man brought death, sickness, and disease into the earth. One woman was allowed to take God out of the schools. We all should hide our face and say, forgive me. One woman 
did that? What can one woman filled full of faith and the truth of God's word and the power of God's word do within the earth? What can one man filled with the Holy Ghost, full of faith, full of power, what can that one man do in the earth? That's what God's saying to you this morning. Don't look at Pastor Cheryl and say, it's your job. Don't look at Pastor Philip and say, it's his job. Don't look at Pastor Jennifer and say, it's her job. Point your finger to yourself and say, I have a responsibility in the earth to the body of Christ for God to be glorified and Jesus to be, say, it's me, oh Lord. <laughs> it's me, Lord. I can only be accountable for me. Death reigned by one Adam. Much more, we can say they, we can say we, or we can say anyone which received, look at this, abundance of unmerited love, abundance of unmerited favor. Whatever that word grace is, if you just you, you, you'll not, you will not retain every word and sentence that is said here. And you know what? We don't expect you to. What we want to believe is you're making notes. I see devices. I hope people, what they're tapping on that device, I hope it's scriptures. But if you just write down the scriptures, just the scriptures, no other comments, and go home and spend time, quiet time. We do not become proficient as a student of the Word of God, as a woman of faith, as a man of faith, of one that God can trust with hundreds, even thousands, with a casual attitude towards the Word. Amen. Now I realize this is not in my notes. I realize that people's lifestyles today, they are longing for the casual. They're longing for the golf course. They're longing for the stadiums that whether it be racing, football, soccer ball, I love an active life. But we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in the body. Don't let the body be the one in leading all the time. Get our spirits built up as they should be with the revelation of the Word of God. And it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. You got a shield and you just, I mean, you can have two shields and you can just keep holding it up and quench all of those darts that are coming towards you. So, abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Remember, redemption reconciled us to righteousness. Redemption reconciled us to righteousness. And the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one. One man made this possible, Jesus Christ. Amen. Second Adam. The first Adam took us out the second Adam put us back in with his blood. Colossians 1.13. Again, the Apostle Paul writing to the Gentiles, who God hath delivered. 
well, actually the word says, who hath delivered us? Well, do you ever stop and say, well, who was that? Who delivered us? God did hath, hath, what tense is that? God's already delivered us. God's already delivered us. God has already delivered us. God has already delivered us. God has already delivered us. If he's already delivered us, why are we trying to get rid of it? <laughs> 